Hi, everybody. Welcome to She Se Puede podcast. I'm your host, Britt, and today we have very special guest, Valentina. Hi, Valentina. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, and today we're going to do, you know, what we do best. Talk about, you know, personal growth, professional growth. Um, you know, what Valentina does Um for work but also what she does as a passion um and yeah so first we're going to start off valentina is just going to tell us a little bit about herself you know what she does um where she's from and then where to go from there okay so hi everyone i'm valentina and i was um i am born and raised in san francisco mission district and i'm a fact that i'm extremely proud of by the way and this is where I've spent uh, basically my whole life. What I do uh, professionally, I am a social worker for the city and county of San Francisco. I earned my master's degree at San Francisco State University. Ooh. And that's in itself yeah. such an amazing thing um, that came my way in, yeah. in my life. And um, as my passion... I am a small business owner of Mission Native, which is an apparel and <laughs> accessories brand. Mission Native, check it out. Yes. <laughs> and that is, that's my love. That's my heart. That's, that's my passion. That's what I do to, to keep me sane. It's therapeutic. It's love. And it just keeps me grounded spiritually. And yeah, so, so, so that's me right now. <laughs> so what, so kind of going on first of becoming a social worker like when did you know that you wanted to do that wow looking back I can honestly say that I've been a social worker all my life in terms of helping people um with either uh, like for example reading documents for mm -hmm. people referring them to places looking up um agencies and why I say my whole life, because I remember being fully bilingual in English, English and Spanish since the age of three. Mm. And my parents are both from Guadalajara. And when they um, came here to the United States, neither one of them spoke English. I had an older brother. And I learned, my mom says I learned my English through him. Mm -hmm. And ever since I can remember, I'm speaking both languages, even though Spanish is my first language. Uh -huh. And I would translate, translate things for my parents. Like I said, even at the age of five, these are memories that I yeah. still remember. Five-year-old social worker. Yes, <laughs> my mom would say, mira, preguntale este señor esto y esto, or my dad, hija, can you call and find this out? And I'm like, yes. And I remember being so little, picking up the phone, and <laughs> or asking someone in the street, next to my mom and my dad, of course. Mm -hmm. And that's how it just kind of started. And the next thing you know, like my tias would ask me to do uh, this for them or to find that out. And that's where I, I believe tracking it and tracing it back. That's where that stemmed from. Mm -hmm. Now, going to, to school, I didn't really know what I was as I was growing up. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Yeah, I feel like that's almost everybody like can't figure it out at 17. <laughs> And I could have sworn, I mean, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Mm. And I still dream of being an archaeologist. <laughs> one day, one, one day. day. But that's what I wanted to be. So actually, let's see. I started working at the age of 18. Mm -hmm. So after high school, I didn't go straight to college. Okay. 
I, after school, I started working and that was to help my parents out to bring income in. My dad worked um, 14 hour shifts, 16 hour shifts. He was a cook. My mom is, was a homemaker and there was five of us. So I was the second oldest and my job was to help my mom with my, my brothers and my sister. And so I knew that one, my parents couldn't afford college. Two, looking back, I was a 4.0 student. I should have been approached by colleges yeah. to have a free ride, like yeah, they say. Yeah, for sure. That's what should have happened. But mm-hmm. when I was growing up, this is, this is my truth. Nobody cared about little, a little brown girl like me. Mm-hmm. Because at school, there was no recruiters coming in from universities Mm-mm. talking to little girls like me. What we had was the military join the army do you want to be a marine do you want to be a soldier and so I didn't know anything about the educational track even looking back at my counselors they talked about the possibility but they didn't really I guess guide me the way they should have Mm -hmm. and I say should have because that is their job yeah my parents didn't speak the language and my mom and my dad would say, si quieres ir a la escuela, hija, we'll, we'll help you in terms of, like, you don't have to pay rent. You don't have to pay anything. Just if you want to have a little part-time job to get your own um, personal items, like, mm-hmm. that's what you can help out. But with your dad and I, we'll manage. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work somehow. But still, I didn't know the steps. I didn't know how to mm-hmm. um, enroll myself. I didn't have. It's, it's a process. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a process. No, no, I didn't have anybody. I didn't have someone to look up to, to say, hey, yeah. I'll take you. No te preocupes. No tengas miedo. So, of course, I thought, well, I guess college is not for someone like me, mm-hmm. you know, from the mission, from the hood, from where I come from, from my socioeconomic background. So I started working and helping my family. So, and then you said that you, then you decided to go to school later in life. I did. So 10 years. So I worked for 10 years. I was still at home. Then by this time I had gotten married to my high school sweetheart. (laughs) Yes, I love him. (laughs) And um, I was doing medical billing. So every time I left a job, I did, I was there pretty much in the medical field background. Mm Mm-hmm. And doing office work. Then I started doing like billing and coding. And it was just learning on the job. So mm-hmm. anytime I left a job, it was to make um, for a better opportunity for more money. And what happened, what, what the deciding factor for me was that I ended up working for, um, for a company that was, um, they had a program for indigent patients mm-hmm. for, for cancer. So our job was to try to get the patients, the drug at no cost. Right. And it was fascinating. I got to meet a lot of people and just, it was just a rewarding job. Yeah. I loved it. And I was team lead, but what ended up happening was that I would see the company hire people with their bachelor's degree, not related to anything in the field and this is not to put anybody down Mm -hmm. but you're coming in with a bachelor's of art and don't know anything about the company but here you are my boss and with a triple digit salary 
Wow. I mean, compared to me, how yeah, is that? With all your experience. With all my experience. Yeah. And get this, I was expected to train them. I trained three. And they're getting paid more than you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. They have the title and they had yeah. the, you know, edu- I can't even say education because it wasn't related to the field. But, yeah, they did have a degree. They had a degree. Mm-hmm. So that was just heartbreaking for me. Yeah. That did an awful thing for me just in terms of self-esteem. Yeah. I questioned my worth. And I knew in my heart that I wasn't destined to do that. I wasn't destined just to be a team lead. And again, it's not to put anybody down. This is this is specifically my experience, mm-hmm. my journey. And I was not going to sit back and train another manager to make all this money to do the same work that I do mm-hmm. for nothing. And I remember coming home frustrated, angry, and crying and in tears. And I told my husband and my mom, ya no puedo. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I won't do this anymore. I'm going back to school. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, going back, it, it, it was scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was scary. But by then, I had a really good friend. And actually, she's... One of my best friends and my husband's best friend. And she was going to San Francisco State. Mm-hmm. And she was going through their program. Pretty much the same thing. Just on her own. Nobody showed her the ropes. And I reached out to her and I said, Berta, I want to go to school. Help me. And she was so excited. She says, of course, amiga. Of course, I will help you. Cuando quieres ir? Wow, that's beautiful. We need people like that in our lives. Yes. Yes. And she's she's amazing. She's she is literally an angel. She's a beautiful person and she made the time. She took me to City College and we went I remember going into the enrollment office, you know, just to learn about what it is I needed to enroll and I remember like it was yesterday. She showed me the campus. She was so excited and to me I was overwhelmed because I had never stepped foot on a campus like that and it was on it was on feeling now it's Frida Kahlo way and I remember feeling so small because there were so many buildings and so many things to to, to look at and she sensed how nervous I was and she took me to the Diego Rivera theater to look at the mural Mm -hmm. and I cried I stood in front of it I just cried and cried and thought oh my god I'm here yeah I can't believe I'm here and to top it off I'm looking at one of these one of you know Diego Rivera's paintings Mm -hmm. and that was the beginning of my educational journey wow and then so you got through your undergrad and then you then moved on to getting your master's yes and what is your master's in? In social work. Social work. Wow. In social work. And I... Two degrees later. <laughs> two, degrees, two degrees later. <laughs> in social work. And um, yes, I, I, I think it just happened so naturally. It happened so naturally. 
and even Berta, she was a social work major. So that also, that encouraged me because she would ask me, well, what is it that you want to do? And, you know, we, you know, you do those quizzes about, you know, what your strengths are oh, and what yeah, you want to yeah, do. Yeah. And mine read social worker, like across the board, <laughs> you know, girl, you're a social worker. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you are. <laughs> And um, that's how I pursued it. That's how I pursued it. And I just, I couldn't believe that. I, after finishing my undergrad, I applied for grad school. I didn't think I was going to get in. Mm. Because who, I mean, who does? What's the percentage of people who get in? Yeah. But because I had all this work background, that was one of the strengths. Mm-hmm. The experience. The experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I earned my, I earned my master's. Yay! Yes! Yay! And then since then, you you did you go straight into being a social worker? I did. Wow. I, I did. I was fortunate to um, apply for several jobs, and I got the job that I that I wanted. It's 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 my it's my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was plus I I haven't um, done anything else in terms of just social work, um, mm-hmm. like leaving the agency and doing like other other agency work and yeah, social yeah, work, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, I've still it been does. With the same per- I've still with the same agency. Mm-hmm. So kind of going into, you know, being a Latina, how has that af- kind of like affected your professional life? Had like, it could be, you know, in a negative way, a positive way, or did it, has it, did it help you advance in some way? Um, kind of like being, you know, being a social worker, you work with people. And do you think that, you know, being a Latina um, identifying as one can can help you with that, or has it you know had any hurdles? When I think of that question, I think what comes to mind immediately is my community mm-hmm. about uh, being a Latina, being bicultural, being bilingual, and how that has helped me to serve my community. Mm-hmm. I think is it's a huge, huge strength and mm-hmm. something that I'm I'm proud of there's there's a story that i that i do like to to, to share yeah, often please do. at this times um, when i get questions like this because i when i go to conferences or when i've gone to trainings and people from the community are there whether it be the families that we serve with other professionals mm-hmm. and i've always just naturally gravitated towards the community or or, or, or see someone that i worked with and they call me oh Valentina, como estas? Mm-hmm. And so the next thing I know, I'm just on the other side of the room, mm-hmm. you know, with my people, with yeah. mi gente versus being with the people over here, which mm-hmm. is the people with the degrees, with the educational backgrounds, with those letters, you know, mm-hmm. comma after their name, so yeah. and so. And I specifically remember one day I was going to be one of the speakers. And... Being that I was on the other side of the room when they they introduced me, they said, "Okay, no, don't come up." I remember the stares that I got, the the looks that I got, and what do I mean by that? I I, I perceived them as like, "Oh, um, I thought she was uh. over there. I thought she was like the client, la clienta." Mm-hmm. People were shocked. Is what it was. Yeah. Let, let, let's be frank and let's be honest. This is yeah. what we're here they for. They didn't expect you to get up on stage. No, no. Wow. And even after when when I gave you know my my you know my speech and I met people, 
they they did tell me like, wow, you know, thank you for coming. What an amazing story. I I mista- I mistaken you. I thought that you were one of the the families that that we serve that you, that you work with. And wow, that's pretty deep. Think yeah. about that. And I mean, I guess it kind of moves on to. I mean, it's it is kind of a form of discrimination, it as is. you know, and just assuming that if you're talking to them or if you're on that side of the room, oh no, she's not, you know, she's not a professional or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever experienced like any other forms of discrimination? It could be both like personally or um, in the professional world as well or at school, like anything. Professionally, yes. There have been instances where there'll there'll be a meeting and the room is uh it's a it's a multidisciplinary team so that means that there's other pe- other social workers or other roles other professionals with different roles in a room you know making decisions about how to best serve a family mm-hmm. and i have felt either that my opinion wasn't as important as somebody else's opinion mm. because this person is a director of such and such or this is a male person mm. or this person is from a different ethnic background than me and those are things that may not be said to your face yeah. but trust and believe that that energy is real mm-hmm. and you feel it yeah and you hear the dismissive tones in the voice mm-hmm. And that's where I have to take the high road and assert myself professionally. Like, no, I do have a voice. Yes, I am here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have a degree too. And I'm pretty amazing and pretty <laughs> talented and smart. Yeah. And I'm going to show you by leading, as mm-hmm. an example, taking over yeah. the, 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 the meeting or the conversation. Because I know what best suits my family. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is the family I work with. So you you have to do those things um, smartly because you 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 represent an agency. Like yeah. For example, I represent a specific agency, and also that the what's best for my clients. Sometimes the clients are there with me, mm-hmm. so you want to model and and be a good role model. You mm-hmm. want to be careful with your words and just treat people with overall respect how you want to be treated even though you may not be treated that way Mm -hmm. it's important to always be who you are yeah especially in front of someone or in your community that you're trying to to be that role model for Mm -hmm. you know you know yeah and I think it's so it's very easy to be intimidated you know when you're in a big room with a bunch of people who think that you know know what they're talking about Mm -hmm. or have these massive degrees but it's like it's so important to really like put yourself in there and be like no I'm here for a reason I'm capable exactly yeah and I think that's something it's it's hard to be able to do that it takes a lot of courage you know um but I think in order to have a diverse decision or opinion with uh, everyone's voice that's what you got to do yes yeah and you have to stand up and you have to be you have to even though you're scared or or, or intimidated Mm -hmm. you just take a deep breath and remember what your purpose is Mm -hmm. what am i here to do this is far this is not about me Mm -hmm. so how can i best represent this family like what helped support you um in kind of getting to 
you know, where you are now, either, you know, going back to school professionally, like what was your main, was it, you know, your family, your friends, um, what really helped you get to where you are now? You're going to make me cry now. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I have to say that my husband is key in my going back to school. And he's, he's amazing. And I'm, I'm trying so hard not to be emotional, but it's really difficult because this man believed in my dreams. He pushed me and he says, I, he told me, I don't care if I have to work two jobs. I don't care if we have to get loans. You're going to school. This is going to happen. And I'm going to support you. Y lo vas a hacer. Yeah. And this man had two jobs. I would see him. We would see each other crazy hours. You know how it, it is working. You're working on your paper at mm-hmm. three in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My husband would get up to go to his first job at three in the morning. So we would see each other. Para el café. I would, you know, he'd have his coffee. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't drink coffee back then, believe it or not. But that time for us was so special I would stop working on my paper Mm -hmm. and spend that time with him and talk a little bit le daba la bendición yo le daba la bendición a él okay Mm -hmm. vieja viejo ya no me voy (laughs) te quiero mucho and he's like you could do this babe you could do it you know just get through this yeah and yeah and my family I mean of course my family my mom and my dad Mm -hmm. my my siblings they they were supportive in in a way that it was so difficult for me to spend time with them on a weekend or to do every family event every family engagement Mm -hmm. I wanted to but you can't Mm -hmm. I have a full load of 15 19 units um homework Mm -hmm. and the read you know what what it's like (laughs) on a Saturday yeah I'm studying on a Sunday yeah I'm studying yeah and it was hard for them they understood and they supported me but it was hard for them Mm -hmm. and I did make when I could I was there but there was times where where I wasn't there but a big I couldn't have done it without them especially especially my husband he was he's my ride or die he's (laughs) he's the one that says si puedes yeah that's amazing and it's just yeah it's amazing and my dad I think really really is also a huge um supporter not even supporter I I want to say he was my like my reason, my, my parents, both of my parents, obviously, you know, coming here, you know, the, the, the dream, you want your kids to have better than you. Mm-hmm. You want your kids to have more than what you have, more opportunities. But a mi papa, mi papa, he would, he would always tell me, yo no vine aquí para que ustedes sufrieran. I want you to be someone in life. Quiero que estudien. And he would he would put his hands out and say, yo no quiero que tú uses esto. Wow. And he would point to his head. Mm-hmm. Quiero que uses esto. You're smart. You could be anything you want to be. Mira mis manos. Están quemadas. Mira los callos de mis manos. That's not what I want for you. Wow. You can and that's every time I wanted to just 
oh, cry about another assignment or just be like, I can't, I just can't do this. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just done. His words would just like pop into your head, pop in my head Mm -hmm. and just give me that strength of no, 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 no. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. He's going, I'm going to make my dad and my mom proud. Like this is going to happen. If it's not for me or even my husband who did everything possible for me to be here, it's going to be for them. Yeah. Wow. You are blessed with a support system. (laughs) I mean, I think that's every, you know, because it's easy for people to be like, oh, maybe it's a little too late for that or, you know, but it's you had that support system in your family and your husband that gave you that extra like, I'm going to do this. We're going to get it done. And she got it done, everybody. (laughs) And so, okay, not only... This is Valentina. I have two degrees. She's a social worker. She also has her passion, her baby, which is Mission Native. Yes. Um, and so we're kind of going to touch on that a little. Like, tell us yes. how you start, how you knew you were like, I'm going to create this apparel company. Like, what, what, what happened that you were like, I'm going to do this? Wow. That is a question filled with a lot a lot of we triggers. have plenty of time <laughs> you want the whole truth you yeah. want the honest truth yeah. and i'm here i'm what you see is what you get with me it's just <laughs> okay so let's get into let's get into mission native and how that was was born and honestamente that came from anger and rage wow that's where that came from we all know what's been happening to our community. It has, mm-hmm. It's not new. It's mm-hmm. been going on for decades. Let's let's talk about that. You know, the, the discrimination, the gentrification, the displacement of our people. I'm a displaced mission native. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just seems like, you, you know, the community or we win certain battles, but something else comes along and says, nope, we're snatching this too. Mm-hmm. Nope, we're taking that too. You know, there's no affordable housing. Um you know, seeing your same people like on, on, on the street. Um, so many families still in our community, you know, como siempre, living 15 to a room. But yeah. nonetheless, they're there. Our people still exist in La Mision. This is real. Mm-hmm. You go to all these shishi, fufi, bougie, whatever, <laughs> restaurantes, y que este que el otro. Who is behind that? Who is cooking? Who is serving? Mm-hmm. Let's, I mean, this is a, this is a re- the reality. And the, the coraje, the coraje, I would just make myself sick. Like, what, what can I do? And there was a time where I was, I was immobile. I wasn't walking. I had knee surgery. I was in a cast and in a wheelchair. And I could, no me podía movilizar to do the things that I wanted to do and go and protest and just even get arrested if I needed to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was I, I, I was bitter. I was bitter. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the culminating point was I was walking to a restaurant on 20th and South Venice. Okay. One of my favorite places. Um. San Jalisco, I could say that. Mm-hmm. San Jalisco, <laughs> I love that place. It feels like home to me. And I was meeting someone there. So I was walking towards, but I was still at the other end of the street. And I was struggling because I was in a lot of pain. I had uh, a cane. I was I was using a cane. Mm-hmm. And I saw 
a row of five people walking towards me, going out to the opposite side of the street. And I started noticing that as we're getting, I'm getting closer to the place where we're kind of running into each other here. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, uh, are they going to move? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. I can't move. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to go around them. Que pasa? We got so close. I think they thought I was supposed to move and make way for them. And um, that angered me. Mm-hmm. And and we had some words. Wow. Because I was so angry. I, I was, I'm not proud of this, but I was confrontational. Mm-hmm. I was like, excuse you. Do you not see me here? Mm-hmm. You guys are just going to run up on me and pretend like you don't see me because you're the ones that don't belong here. They just looked at me and their eyes were so wide. That I didn't, I don't think they knew what to say to me. Yeah. And I just said, I shame on you. I have a cane. I'm struggling to get by. And for you not to make ways for me to get by, that's shameful. And I'm going to keep it clean for the podcast. <laughs> I'm not so proud of that moment. Um, but I just, if anything, I hope they never forget my face because I said, when you see someone that looks like me, mm-hmm. that's from the community, like it or not, you need to move aside, move aside, let people walk. Mm-hmm. And even that I'm your elder. Yeah. I am your elder. Be respectful. Be respectful. Mm-hmm. You saw me struggling and you didn't move. Shame on you. And so that night I cried. I told my husband the story. He was upset with me for being, you know, confrontational, but I didn't care at that moment. I, I, you were just so I angry. I was angry. It was mm-hmm. just full of rage. And that night I just said, Diosito, I can't live like this. I am bitter. I am hurt. I am resentful. I am angry. How could I, what can I do to turn this into, turn this pain into something positive? Not only for me, just for, for people that I love. What, mm-hmm. what can I do? Yeah. And I remember, I remember just, just, just praying and crying that me quedé dormida así. And at two in the morning, at two in the morning, I woke up. I woke up to a whisper in my ear that said, Mission Native. No way. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I would not lie about this or anything else. And I got up. I sat up in the middle of the bed. And I thought, uh, what was that? What, what's that? What's going on? What's, Did you hear that? Yeah. It's, it's asleep. My puppies are asleep. My viejo's asleep. And I thought, Mission Native, who's Mission Native? What's going on here? And immediately I, I, I got my phone. I started looking at Mission Native, Mission Native. Well, no one's Mission Native. And then, it's, and then I was like, no, you're Mission Native. So what you gonna do with that? Wow! And that's the story. <gasps> and that's then the and story. and then it just took off from and there. It took off with little things. I've always been into doing art, and I and I had my other um, page, Alma de Valentina, also just working on, um, just creating like jewelry and things and pretty things and sparkly things and 
but then Mission Native um, is a different, it's kind of, the, it's still creating, so it's still that same direction, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's taken on a life of its own. It's it, it's amazing that the people that I've gotten to meet from what I'm doing, to hear their stories, to hear their grandma's stories, mm-hmm. their abuela, their abuelo, their, the community, and people, all these women who are, have been so supportive who DM me all the time and just say beautiful things to me like, sis, thank you for doing this. We needed this. We needed our own line. Yes, mm-hmm. we're still here. We're proud to be from the mission. No matter what's happened, no matter of the changes, no matter if I can afford to live there, you bring us back home. You make us feel like we are still uh, in existence. Yeah. Like no one's, tr- people are trying to, this is what they say to me. People are trying to, wash us away mm-hmm. put us away but we're still here and that's the whole point we're still here mm-hmm. we're not going to disappear because you want because anybody wants us to disappear yeah and that's what i hold on to wow we are a people we are a community i mean we're dinosaurs <laughs> and what i like to say is like we're unicorns <laughs> right? we're rare a unicorn damn it i am a unicorn <laughs> and um yeah that that's what happened with mission native and like i i mean i think it's definitely just the company it's a statement and i think it's i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it's kind of like a statement of resistance oh for sure yeah um yeah and trying to you know resist the displacement of the mission district and the latino community see um and so uh, uh, you know there's apparel you have jewelry um Buttons. I have a button. Uh, <laughs> and do you have you do you hold events um, like for the community in order to like be able to buy the products or you know or is it all online? Most of it is online. Mm-hmm. People reach out to me um, through my Instagram account, and mm-hmm. we we set that up that way. But I'm invited to pop ups. Yeah, and that's when I just my heart just like wants to burst when people reach out and say Valentina we'd love to have you can you come and so I'll do pop-ups at different different areas in the mission mm-hmm. and um, I get to meet again just amazing people all the time amazing mm-hmm. people all the time and siempre with with the stories they tell me about themselves and I tell them a little bit about they have questions sometimes for me like how did you start or what it just they just they're just curious and I've just met so many beautiful people through the through the pop ups. So yeah. and there's there's other pop ups that are very um, they're open to, to to many people, many vendors. Mm-hmm. Como the Cesar Chavez parade that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Este, oh yeah, because and I met you at Carnaval. Uh, yes, you met, yeah, yeah. At Carnaval. Mm-hmm. Yes, where I met you so Carnaval. You just go online, you apply, you you know you pay for your puestecito. And you vent and you do, you know, you do it, you do best. Yeah. So that's, that's how that goes. And I think that's such an important way to like really get into the community too. And, you know, like I said earlier, like the power of storytelling, like just hearing everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to share their story. And I think listening to people, you know, strangers, it's just, it's so important to be able to just, you know, grow. And especially for your company, like, you know, it's just growing and glowing. <laughs> Yes, and and it's amazing. It's it's a beautiful experience. I didn't expect that, and I I do it, I do it from the heart. I'm not worried with how many followers I have, how much I'm making this week. Um, that's not where I'm at. 
yeah. this is this is love this is passion and like I, like you said this this is resistance this is my resistance mm-hmm. and we exist and we have to fight for that for that space especially when doors are closed or they're not open you create your own space and you mm-hmm. you just have to just not give up mm-hmm. you can't give up yeah because it, it's easy to give up oh yeah but and it's harder to resist and to fight back. But at the end of the day, that's how you know you're going to keep this beautiful culture alive. Um, so kind of changing the subject a little bit, yeah. even though you check out Mission Native on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, um, have you ever had the opportunity to mentor um, a Latina or even just be like a sort of role model for anybody in your opinion? I believe I have. I have beautiful godchildren, and in one way or another, I I would hope that our times together and, and things that we've done would be that of mm-hmm. someone that out of, out of love in in, in role modeling. Um, I haven't done anything as far as like a one on one mentor mentorship mm-hmm. yet, but that is definitely part of what I will be doing this year just expanding in different areas yeah and giving back to my community in different ways Mm -hmm. because it's important to be able to mirror back to the young girls to the young Latina girls and giving them that that is a ejemplo you know as as humble as it como te digo, en una manera humilde, en una manera de corazón, en una manera um, honesta, mm-hmm. you know? So definitely, I have some projects planned. They're still in the works, but I'm very excited about it. Ooh, yeah. I'm excited oh. about it too. We won't share on the podcast, no. but you'll hear about it soon. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and okay, so kind of like wrapping it up. Yes. This is always a heavy question. And oh my goodness. Every time I ask, everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> oh my God, I'm nervous now. I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. Okay, Brent. But do you feel that you are creating change for Latinas in the U.S. Um, and specifically kind of like in the workforce? I think that creating change is living outside of others' expectations. I already feel like I'm already Mm-hmm. there yeah like I did it yeah and again being able to reach other people through something like this like like storytelling or one one child at a time or sharing your story to give everybody else the the opportunity or the ideas of like they yo si, yo también puedo. Mm-hmm. I can too I want to believe that I, I, I can be that change. Like I am a change for mm-hmm. even if it's one person, one young exactly. girl, I, I don't, it would be nice if there was a whole bunch of people, but even if it's just una, una niña, una muchacha to say, si puedes, mija, echale ganas. You can mm-hmm. don't let anybody else tell you anything different. Mm-hmm. And I think by my reaching what I have accomplished, I believe that in itself is making change or at least opening up the path to somebody's change yeah well i mean i definitely think you know your company mission native is just one you know small part of you that is fighting for that change 
Um, but just keep on doing what you're doing, Valentina. I love it. I love hearing all about it. Um, and like I said, check out Mission Native um, for your apparel. They have jewelry, all that fun stuff. Um, and well, that's it for today. Um, thank you so much, Valentina. I really appreciate you coming. It was a pleasure. Thank you. This was fun. This was great. And it was a really wonderful experience. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And check out our next episode of She Se Puede podcast.